I'm Pam Rogers, an attorney and a staunch Republican. I'm Mara Dolan, an attorney and a lifelong Democrat. And this is Going Disparate, Politics and Crime with Pam and Mara. We may disagree on many subjects and topics discussed on this show, but our mutual respect for each other, our common experiences and the work that we do keeps us together. You may think you know the whole story, but you need to hear our rapid fire opinions from both sides. We aren't afraid to go there. We're going to spare it. Hi, I'm your host, Pam Rogers. And I'm Mara Dolan. We're happy that you've joined us here for our inaugural episode of the Going Disparate with Pam and Mara podcast. Today we're talking to you about who we are, how the podcast came to be, and where the podcast is going to go. So grab your coffee, take a seat, and let's talk about stress-free politics and hot takes on crime. Because while we may belong to different political parties, and therefore we disagree on political issues, Here's something we both agree on. The importance of listening to one another, learning from one another, and laughing together. Yes. Remember, yeah. you can always find out more about us and this show by going to our website, which is goingdisparate.com, and clicking on the podcast link. But before we dive into today's episode, remember to hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify to keep up to date on new channels. And you can watch our YouTube channel, Go and Disparate. And you can find us on Twitter, at Go and Disparate, on Insta, at Go and Disparate, and on Facebook, at Go and Disparate. And know that we want to hear from you. Please email us. It's Pam and Mara at gmail.com. So, hey, before we start telling you about the podcast and what it's going to be about and who's going to be on and where we're going with all of this, we just wanted to talk to you about how Mara and I first met. And how we are friends. Well, goes back 20 years, Pam. We've been friends for 20 years. We met in a court of law. We did. We absolutely did. So I went to the Massachusetts School of Law and I graduated in 2000. Mara also went to Massachusetts School of Law. And I started practicing in the criminal courts in Essex County, Massachusetts in 2001. And Mara, you joined me when? 2004. 2004. And I distinctly remember you joining us because there were not a lot of female criminal defense attorneys back then. It's true. And we're still in the minority. We are. We definitely are. But there are more. I mean, yes, there are more. There are more. Yes. And I really actually enjoy it when I see like younger female. Oh, yeah. Criminal defense attorneys. And I applaud them. And um, I just I absolutely remember, you know, starting out and how there were just so few of us. but. Um, I think I know for me that definitely made me stronger um, because I knew I kind of had to fight a little harder. Oh, we totally did. And I can remember times of sitting in court and realizing I was the only female attorney in the whole courtroom. And we did have to try harder and we didn't have the kinds of allies, um, frankly, that the guys did. So when we met, we were instantly very important to one another. I think we recognized kindred spirits. We really did. We I did. know. So yeah, it's totally been did. 20 great years and I love you. I love you too, sweetheart. And so we discovered pretty quickly that we were both really interested in politics and you were at the time an elected official. I was. So I ran for office in New Hampshire, where I live. I ran in 2000 and I got elected to the New Hampshire House, which is actually called the General Court. 
But, um, you know, it's easier just to say the New Hampshire House because people understand that a little more. If you say general court, people think you're actually talking about the law and being a lawyer and that type uh, of thing. Right. Um, but yeah, I got elected in um, 2000. I hadn't even passed the bar yet, I think, at that point in time. Wow. And yeah, I was young, a young mm-hmm. and naive and no idea what I was doing. But that is what actually makes it kind of fun, right? When you just kind of do something. Um, yeah. And so I got elected. Um, I was a Republican. I am still a Republican. Um, and I consider myself to be a pretty conservative Republican. I've actually kind of gotten a little bit more conservative as I've gotten a little bit older, because I think back in those days, I was a little bit more of a, a moderate Republican. And actually, you know what, I'm going to throw like a Massachusetts reference in for yeah. you. Okay. I used to always call myself back in the day, a Weld Republican. Oh yeah. William Weld, former Massachusetts yeah. governor, William Weld. We still talk about Weld Republicans here. Okay. Cause it's not something I really hear anymore, but oh, I um, do. You do. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Cause I'm sort of like a, a fiscal conservative Pam, social moderate. I can't believe you said that that makes total sense to me because I have, of course, been talking about this podcast with my Democratic friends and talking about you and our friendship and how you're a Republican. And I always have to sort of qualify and say, you know, she's not like an extremist way out there. You're a Weld Republican. That's what you are. That makes total sense. Yes. And when uh, when Bill Weld's son uh, was a prosecutor, and came to Lawrence District Court, and someone told me who he was. I immediately oh. ran over to him, and I was like, "Oh my God!" Of course, father. Of course, of course. And I would describe myself as a Joe Biden Democrat. I really am. I think I really think the president knows what he's doing. I really respect his positions. And um, you know, prior to that, I would have described myself as probably an Obama Democrat. But I'm a, I'm definitely a Biden Democrat. So uh, my career in politics actually began after I met you. I was in Lawrence District Court one day and a mutual colleague of ours said the Democratic State Committee is having elections tomorrow. You should go and see see if you can get elected as an add-on member. And I was like, yeah, right. Well, I did it. I went to the state committee meeting the following day. I worked the room for 10 hours. And on the third ballot, I got elected to the Massachusetts Democratic State Committee. And since then, I started doing a lot of communications stuff. I had my own cable show. I had my own radio show. I started doing a ton of political commentary um, on Boston radio and television. And then I started working for elected officials. I worked for the Senate president. I worked for the Secretary of State. I worked for U.S. Senator Ed Markey. So, And then I just ran last year for governor's council, came this close, and I'm going to win next time. You really did, Mar. I was, first of all, I mean, I watched your whole campaign. I talked to you about that campaign. And I thought you were really going to win, but for someone who ran for the very first time in for an office that represents so many people and so huge. many, it's bigger than a congressional district. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's huge, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And I know when you run again in twenty twenty four, I know that you will win. I know that totally. you will. So, how do we decide to do this wonderful thing that we're doing? The podcast. You remember how this started, Pam? You okay? I remember we were at lunch. Uh, right after your election was over with. Yep. And we were just talking about different things. And one of the things I think, I think I mentioned first was that I have friends that are Republicans that don't want to associate with people that are Democrats. Right. And I think you kind of jumped in and said, you know, people just like that as well. I do. I do. I know folks who, who, you know, they're not going to have lunch with Republicans. And I think it's a terrible loss for our country. 
because I, I just look, we're all Americans. And I think one of the things that you and I have in common, Pam, in addition to being lawyers and being really politically active and committed, we are patriots. We love this country deeply. And we both understand that this country needs two strong political parties and that we as Americans need to come together, even if we don't agree on everything. Right. One of the reasons I've always liked you and really respected you, because you you know how to do that and you're eager to do that. And so am I. I mean, I, I honestly, I don't want to be friends with 20 other Pam Rogers. Like, right. I want people to be themselves. I want people yeah. to have different opinions. I, I want to hear about it. Like, I love right. it. Especially having worked in Massachusetts for all of these years, I would say the vast amount of people that I work with in the court system not all of them, but the best one are Democrats, right? Yeah, they are. This is Massachusetts. Massachusetts. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I can't think of how many dear friends that I have. And I, it just, it has never bothered me. Even if people like, you know, are ribbing me about something, you know, ribbing right. about Donald Trump, like whatever it is, it doesn't bother me. I actually think it's great. And I think when you and I started talking about doing this podcast, because we were kind of surprised that we had friends that felt yeah. this way. Yeah. Um, we talked about, we kind of called it the great American debate. Yes. Like, let's revive the yes. great American debate. Let's hello. Let's, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> issues. Let's talk about issues, not polls, issues. Yeah. yeah. And not like taking, you know, shots. No, right? and not and and not like I am never going to think that you, or tell you that you don't know what you're talking about, that your perspective doesn't matter that your feelings don't matter. I respect your opinion and your perspective and you see things that I don't get a chance to see and I want to know what they are and vice versa. Exactly. Exactly. And and I think um we really hopefully will help some people that are going to listen yeah. to the that they'll say to themselves like hey, you know what? I I have been a little bit, you know, and I also think I love what you said about, you know, stress-free politics. This is like this this is not a hostile zone. You know, this is not a war zone. This is a collegial, friendly, mutual, respectful place to talk. So I think we need to tell folks why we call this going to spirit and what the heck we mean by that. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you thought of the title. I instantly thought it was perfect. I know. And it is kind of like an inside baseball type of thing. So yeah, I think but it's perfect. Yeah. Explain for sure. But so in the criminal system in Massachusetts, um, when you have a client who wants to plead out before a judge, the Commonwealth, the prosecutor gets to ask for what they want. Let's just say guilty one year in the House of Correction. Okay. And we get to say to the judge, we would like guilty one year probation. And so we are coming to the judge with two different recommendations. Would those be disparate recommendations, Pam? Disparate recommendations. So that is called <laughs> disparate, Mara. That's it. That's it. And you know that when the DA has a different position from you, you don't dislike them because of it. You don't think that they're wrong. You just know that that's their perspective and they're doing their job. Right. Exactly. And you can still like them and have a friendly conversation before and after. Absolutely. And the and same I, thing with judge. If a judge hands down a sentence that you don't think is right or they, you know, deny a motion you think should have been allowed, you don't write off the judge as a human being. Right. Right. Exactly. And you know what? I'm just just to jump on into 
uh, like a case that's been in the press lately. Yes. Because we are going to talk about crime on this podcast. Because we're both criminal lawyers. Oh yeah, yeah, we're talking about crime. Oh, yeah. lawyers. Like we're, I'm obsessed with crime, but um, the Alex Murda murder yeah. trial just yeah. wrapped up, say like it was like a week or two ago. I relied on you for analysis through that whole trial because I wasn't following it that closely and I knew you'd know exactly what was going I was on. Yeah. obsessed yeah. with that trial. Yeah. Um, I would go home at night and like watch the takes on court TV. Wow. Um, and just like obsess over it. But um, after Alex Murda was sentenced to life in prison, um, the courtroom sort of starts to thin out. The gallery's leaving and I'm watching the prosecutors and I'm watching the defense attorneys. And you know what they did? They went over and they all hugged each other. Wow. And that's what yep. I think the general public doesn't realize yeah. is that because we work so closely together for so many years on a daily basis yep. that you really become friends with these people. You do. Absolutely. That doesn't mean that we don't fight over recommendations or I might okay. be like, that's crazy. You know, you're asking for way too much. You're, you're way off base on this stuff. It's, it's just not personal. No, no not personal. Not. So when I saw those lawyers in South Carolina, um, hugging each other, I thought, you know, the average person in the public who watches this is probably losing their mind. Like, Oh my God, what is this? Right. right. But that's, that's the reality of the criminal system. It is. I don't know anything about civil attorneys and, and what they do in court, but, um, no either actually we should <laughs> went on into I mean they must go disparate but <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's why we called it going disparate because yes. we're coming at you with two different opinions from yep. two different sides of the aisle yep and you the listener and the viewer get to be the judge exactly you decide what you think you decide what you think is right and oh. you vote for the candidate that you think best that's the american way and I know you'll agree with me, but obviously since Donald Trump got elected or maybe even when he was running, yeah, uh, I feel like the adversarial tone was like just ratcheted up. Oh, yeah. When he became president and it was from both sides, just it was just adversarial opinions and, and people just weren't budging. It was like, I hate Donald Trump. He should be in prison, yeah. period. You know, and Republicans, well, let's just say like, you know, before the election, we're like, Oh my God, Hillary Clinton, she should be in jail, right? It was sort of like the same thing. But, um, but yeah, that was, that was a really tough time to watch. It was, and it, we haven't recovered. And I think that's one of the reasons we're doing this. We're trying to get back to a better place, a place that we are, that we are capable of and that I think people long for. I think people long for more civility and more mutual respect and understanding and appreciation and think what you want, vote the way you want. When I was a state representative, Jean Shaheen was the governor of New Hampshire. She's yeah. a she is now a yeah, she's U.S. senator, right? Correct. I admired her so much. I mean, I truly admired her. Disagreed with her probably on every single political position. Yeah, but I admired her. Yeah. I mean, she was a strong woman. She knew exactly what she was doing. She was very politically savvy. She was well-liked, frankly, yeah. but, you know, even though, like I said, Republicans aren't going to be in lockstep with her. But I think um, I mean, she got elected over and over again. I don't know how many times. She's been elected several times now. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, that's like an instance that, that just sort of pops out in my head. Where that's a really good example. I didn't agree with her at all. Yeah. But um, And I'll, I'll tell you kind of a little funny story. Yeah. Um, I don't know this, but in the New Hampshire State House, 
where the governor's office is. They do not have a private bathroom. Really? Yes. Hmm. So the governor, whoever that is, has to use um, the public restroom. How so, egalitarian is that? Crazy. So New Hampshire, right? We're not paying, we're not paying any more money for a private bathroom for the governor. Um, but yeah, so I would see Jean Shaheen in bathroom and I would chat with her. That's great. I mean, very little, but I'd be like, hi, governor, how are you? So good to see you. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think she's a, a lovely human being. Disagree with her totally. Right. Um, I mean, right. Good example of like, I respect her. Not right. going to vote for her, but I still respect her. I mean, and I, I have to say, I mean, William Weld, I have a lot of respect for. I've met him a couple of times. I've heard him speak. I don't agree with him on everything, but I, I really appreciate a lot of the work that she's done. Massachusetts just had a Republican governor for the last eight years, Charlie Baker. Same thing. I disagreed with him on a lot of things, um, but I respected the work that he did. Um, I think he was very capable in a lot of ways and did a lot of good things. He did a lot of things I didn't like at all. I don't want to, I don't want to be misleading. Um, I am a Democrat and he's not, <laughs> but sort of what you're talking about. We had our first woman governor, Jane Swift. We now have our second woman governor, Maura Healy, but our first woman governor, Jane Swift is a Republican. And I have a lot of respect for Jane Swift. I appreciate what she did when she was in office, what she's done since she's been out of office. I know John McCain, I, I thought John McCain was an absolutely wonderful, heroic American. I mean, I, I just don't, he, I didn't agree with him on everything, but there was so much to admire. He did so much good. Um, and we actually are going to have a guest who has a tie to John McCain, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, so, so, you know, this is about, this is about building bridges and strengthening friendships and not thinking of your adversary as your enemy, but right. seeing your adversary as someone who could actually turn out to be one of your best friends because, yeah. you know, right. I mean, what hurts, great? To someone, <laughs> what, what hurts listening to someone who disagrees with you? I mean, I don't, right. Right. I, you know, I I was watching something on the news the other day about Stanford Law had a federal judge oh, yes. come. I think he was a I think he was a Trump appointed judge. I'm not positive, but I think he was. Mm -hmm. And the kid like went bonkers and they are like screaming him, heckling him, and then some teacher came in and yelled at him and he had to leave. And um I find it really distressing because I can't just listen to people. I mean the right. man's obviously very accomplished, right? If you're a federal judge, you're a very accomplished, intelligent individual, um, no matter what your thoughts are. And um, it was really like upsetting that, you know, that especially kids at that age are just saying, oh, I'm not listening. To it. No, I'm putting up blinders, not listening I don't, to anything anymore. I don't know enough about that situation or why they were protesting, but in general terms, I do think it's important to hear what somebody's going to say. I mean, if, if you have a Nazi come to speak, I would tend to draw the line at that. You know, you huh. Nazis, right? No, no. I'm assuming this federal judge is not a Nazi. Okay, so so that would that would be good. Um, yeah. I'm totally excited about this. And we are going to have guests. We will have Democrats. We will have Republicans. We'll have nonpartisan stuff. We'll have political analysts. And... Yeah. We will go to spirit. Ham will think what she thinks. I will think what I think. We'll express that. And you folks are going to get to be the judge. And we really do want to hear from you. So uh, do email us at pamandmara at gmail.com. 
I'm going to tell you a little bit about our first guest who is going to be on our next episode. Yes. He is also a graduate of the Massachusetts School of Law. Oh, Oh, that's great. And can I just, I'm just going to do a shout out to Massachusetts School of Law. Please. I owe everything that I have to Dean Valvel and his wife, Louise Rose. Literally everything I have is because he had the courage to start this school. I know. And Dean Coyne, Mike Coyne, I owe everything to him as well. I owe them everything. Like I, I, I cannot yeah. thank them enough. If they ever ask me to do anything, I'm more than happy to do it for them. Yeah. Um, because the school changed my life. Oh, me too. Me too. I mean, Mass School of Law, my daughter was 10 when I started and I could actually manage to go to law school. I worked my tail off and that's all I did for three years. I went to law school, I took care of my daughter and I went to the gym and I went to sleep and that was all I did. And it was absolutely wonderful. We had incredible professors. Professor Coyne was absolutely fantastic. Connie Rudnick. I don't even want to start listing them because I'm going to get somebody. All, all, all of them. They're all, they're all wonderful and small classes. So there was a lot of really um, probative discussions and I learned an incredible amount. And now a graduate of the Massachusetts School of Law is Lieutenant Governor of Massachusetts, Kim Driscoll. That's amazing. Isn't that I, amazing? So great, because I think you're starting to see some uh, Mass School of Law judges. Yep, oh yeah. Uh, Joanna Rodriguez and the juvenile bunch system. of elected officials, bunch of electeds, but she, but Kim Driscoll's the highest. Yeah. Well, Paul Tucker, the New Essex County uh, District Attorney. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, MSL is an incredible. Go place. MSL. Yeah. Go MSL. And it really was gutsy to start the school um, because they they were and the the purpose of the school was to be what Suffolk used to be. Suffolk School of Law in Massachusetts is very well known, but it was it was sort of the working person's law school. And it became a more traditional law school that was harder for folks to attend. Um, and mass school of law was accessible legal education. And knowledge of the law is a very, very powerful. It yeah. is one of the most powerful things you can do in life is to get a legal education. I can't tell you how often I have used my legal education. I mean, I mean obviously as an attorney, but in the rest of life, it just comes in handy to know the law. It really is. Because you know your rights. And when you have friends whose rights are being violated, like they have, might have a workplace issue and you can say, wait a minute, employers can't do that. And they go, they can't. And they go, yeah, they can't. So talk to a lawyer. No, yeah. it's, 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 it's a beautiful thing. So tell us about our first guest. And then I'm going to tell us about our second guest. So our first guest is going to be a Republican state representative from New Hampshire. Her name is Maureen Mooney. Again, she graduated from Mass School of Law with me in 2000. She has been up at the state house. She is a Republican powerhouse. And she's got significant ties to, well, John McCain before he passed. Um, but she is really, she's, I forget what her position is um, right now at the state house, but she is working with the the house speaker. She is well respected. And we're going to talk about some really interesting issues that are going on um, up here in New Hampshire. I really look forward to hearing that. I was born in New Hampshire. My daughter, son-in-law, and grandson are in New Hampshire. So I have a lot of, a lot of, we used to go to New Hampshire when I was a kid all the time. So I, I have a lot of ties to New Hampshire. It's a really important state, also a battleground state. So what's happening politically in New Hampshire really matters tremendously 
to the rest of the country. And speaking of the rest of the country, our second guest will be a member of the Democratic National Committee, Deb Kozakowski. She's also the vice chair of the Massachusetts Democratic State Committee and talk about a powerhouse. And she has worked to help elect Democrats all across the country. She's also the ranking vice chair of the Association of Democratic State Committees. So she's really tapped into what's happening nationally, but nationally on a local level. So I think her insights will be will be really appreciated. So we love smart, strong, informed people. I am already having so much fun on this podcast. That's great. So Aren't you? Or, you so, know, just I off sort of off topic, but on topic. Yeah, uh, we need to line up a guest from New Hampshire, and I yeah. would love for it to be Ray Buckley, the chairman of the Democratic. I'd Party. love to have Ray Buckley too. I'm happy to reach out to Ray. Discuss the you know losing our status. Oh, the as, first in the nation. Yeah, yeah I would love. I would love to hear what he has to say about it and what they're doing about yeah, it. I don't. I don't. I don't like it. I think New Hampshire had has a phenomenal infrastructure for the first primary in the country. Um, and I think that it's it's a shame to lose that. And I don't know what they're actually going to do because their law requires them to have the first primary in the country. So I'm not sure how that's been resolved. But yeah, we should definitely talk to Ray Buckley. He's the chair, for folks who don't know, he's the chair of the New Hampshire Dems. Yes. And he actually, when I was a state rep, he was a state rep. So you know him? Well, not really. I, I, okay. I talking to him one time but okay. like at the time right I'm just like this little peon brand new state representative and he's like a he's yeah, a powerhouse yeah, he right so I, trust me him was never a no one in any organization or room <laughs> you ever walked into thanks Mara now I know why I like you so much yeah, but it's true but yeah I would love totally, to love totally true all right all right folks so I think I, this has been a phenomenal I'm just so excited I'm having such a good time we're going to have a good time. And uh, so please sign up for us on subscribe on YouTube, on iTunes, on Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at Going Disparate. Follow us on Instagram at Going Disparate. And follow us on Facebook at Going Disparate with Pam and Mara. We can't wait to be back to talk and to you again. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Be sure to come back next week when we do talk to the powerhouse New Hampshire State Representative Maureen Mooney about the possible legalization of marijuana in New Hampshire, as well as makeup of the House Republicans Democrats, which is a virtual tie, which has been the first time since 1871. And I want to hear her thoughts on that and how what's been going on with the bipartisanship and see if there is any bipartisanship show. I do, too. Thank you everyone for joining us. Thank you so much, everybody. Thanks, Pam. We'll see you soon. Bye, everyone. Hey, Mara, you know that people are constantly complimenting me on my beautiful hair color and my youthful looking skin. I tell them that not only do I work with a really talented master hair colorist and a super experienced esthetician, I use Monate hair care, skin care, and wellness products. Monate products are naturally based, reliant upon natural sources for their key ingredients, unique formulas, and proven benefits. Monate considers it their duty to protect their source, which is the beautiful world in which we live. I love these products so much that I decided to sell them so that others can enjoy their amazing benefits. 
check out my store at pamelarogersesq.mymonate.com. That's P-A-M-E-L-A-R-O-G-E-R-S-E-S-Q dot M-Y-M-O-N-A-T dot com. The Monate movement encompasses not only innovative hair care, skin care, and wellness products, but a genuine dedication to helping others build beautiful lives. Each month, I'm going to be giving away an amazing Monate product. So go to our website, which is goingdisparate.com, join our mailing list, and a lucky monthly winner will be selected. Again, you can check out my Monate store at PamelaRogersESQ.MyMonate.com. See you guys soon.